What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. Tune in to Done By Law. An informal and irreverent look at the law. Critical insights and analysis from diverse community perspectives. Done By Law. 6 p.m. Tuesdays. Welcome to Done by Law on 3CR 8.55 a.m. And also welcome to those listening via various podcast platforms or streaming on 3cr.org.au. We're Indra and Sue, your host tonight. G'day, Indra. Indra just rushed in from work. <laughs> she literally just jumped into the panelling chair. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> it's just after 6pm on Tuesday, August the 2nd. And as always, we start by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the original and the rightful custodians of the land that 3CR broadcasts from. We pay our respects to elders past present and emerging, and we also acknowledge that this land was stolen, never ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So tonight we're talking about sex work and advertising. So on the, the 10th of May this year, there was a whole bunch of sex work specific laws, um, particularly advertising laws around advertising for sex work being criminal. And these were repealed in Victoria. This relaxation of advertising laws is the first set of sex industry law changes following the passage of the Sex Work Decriminalisation Act 2022, which also happened earlier this year in February. So tonight we're exploring what this change in relation to specifically advertising and the, um, uh, the law means for sex workers. Joining us here in the studio tonight is Matthew Roberts, Policy Advisor at Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Indra, I can see there's some, we might have some tech issues. No, we don't. Someone's telling us in the studio <laughs> that we're, we're not quite on top of it. No, we are on top of it now. I think it is all fixed. All fixed? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yay. Your volume was all just good. a little bit low. Sorry. Oh, my volume. And I, I have a soft voice, I think. <laughs> anyway, so tonight um, we're joined by Matthew Roberts, who's Policy Advisor at Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Matthew, welcome to Done By Law. Um, thank you for having me, and I think this is the first time I've seen both of you in person. <laughs> we've been chatting for us since 2020 oh, or something. Oh gosh, we've, and we've interviewed, we've interviewed you over Zoom and for all sorts of, because there's so many interesting legal aspects of the sex work, work industry and they're changing, it's a landscape that's changing quite a lot. So thank you for joining us again to talk about this specific kind. So we've um, got a bunch of questions. We're going to talk firstly about regulations on um, advertising for sex work. And um, then after the break, uh, we're going to talk about um, police enforcement questions. So the first question really is, um, you know, what, what actually, what's changed? What what laws previously regulated sex work advertising in Victoria and, and what 
what was illegal and what's changed? Well, previously there were many advertising laws um, specific to sex work in Victoria and they were found in the Sex Work Regulations 2016 and the Sex Work Act 1994. They were criminal laws that were enforced by the police and they restricted the way that sex workers can advertise to enhance their safety. So, for example, a sex worker could not describe the services that they provided prior to the 10th of May, they couldn't use the word massage, and they couldn't... um, There were restrictions on um, the images that they could use. So, for example, full nudity was not allowed, even on an an adults-only website. Gosh, (laughs) considering the um, various other areas of our um, our lives where uh, images and words that you're talking about are perfectly okay... This is a very uh, interesting contradiction. It is, because when you're a sex worker, you're <clears throat> you're selling sexual services, and like any business, to be able to describe what's on offer and what's not on offer, is it's really crucial um, for business, but it's also crucial to set boundaries about consent and what the sex worker is actually not willing to provide, because a lot of clients have, well, some clients have this very... Um, problematic notion that when you pay a sex worker you can get anything right and nothing Mm. is further from the truth um so it's really important to be able to set boundaries at the very earliest stage in an advertisement and up until the 10th of may that was a crime gosh that (laughs) that's so interesting because um earlier this year we talked to you a little bit about how sex work has been decriminalized but now this is another way of criminalizing the kinds of things that sex, sex workers do as part of their businesses. It is, and I think we need to talk about the three three broad models of sex work regulation in this country. Mm-hmm. The first approach, which still exists in some jurisdictions, is prohibition, or um, which where everything is illegal. Right, or, but that's not here though in Victoria. That's not here, but that, mm-hmm. that's one approach. Another approach is decriminalising sex work, and that's what Victoria will have by the end of next year when the second half of the reforms kick in. Gosh. So we're kind of like in a transition phase right yeah. now, right? We've gotten rid of half of the, those bad laws and the other half won't be removed until next year. So what, what's the half that's removed? So the half that's been removed is in big part the advertising laws. They were removed in May of this year, which was right. the first half of the changes. Mm-hmm. And um, we're still all kind of you know getting used to the fact that... that um, those laws have gone. And then and then the third way of regulating the sex industry, which is what Victoria did have, and that's been replaced by decriminalisation laws, and that's called licensing. And what licensing does is it says that sex workers can work legally if they're controlled by the police and they're registered and they're licensed and they're severely restricted in what they can do. And the result of licensing is that around 80% of the industry is driven underground and is classified mm. as illegal. Yes, I remember our, dis- our previous discussion about that. So d- tell me how this connects then with the law around advertising in particular because that's what we're focused on tonight. How, you know, um, in, the, in the context of this advertising um legislative regime um is sex work work or sex work small business like 
What's the go there? Yeah, it's well across Australia, sex workers are really they're classified as sole traders or contractors rather than employees. Even if they work for a brothel. Even if they work for Mm. a brothel, they're still classified. And this has been challenged in court. And in most, I'm not aware of any case where it was found that it was an employee. So, so Mm. they're classified as contractors with an ABN and um, operating that way. Now, when it comes to advertising in a brothel, the brothel management or owner manages the advertising. Mm -hmm. So the sex worker doesn't need to worry about that. But the the majority of sex workers, including myself, we're the silent majority. We don't work in brothels. We're, we're what's called private workers. Right. We work for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the majority. So I'm guessing then that in that context, this advertising or the capacity to advertise is really important because you don't have sort of all the money of a brothel um, behind you. you. You need to be able to advertise. How How is that advertising done and and do these changes to the legal system change that, that space? They changed a lot. So self, um, private sex workers like myself must advertise. They must pay for that and arrange that. And many will actually update their ads on a daily basis, mm. spending thousands of dollars a year on images and, and, and the various ads. The ads occur on generally on online, on sex work-specific websites, called classified websites that will list all the different photos and then the descriptions there. What? So the repeal of the Sex Work Act, which is what the decriminalisation bill will achieve, this act contained in it sex work-specific advertising restrictions, which have now been lifted. And so, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but, you know, I'm, um, listeners... I'm looking. I'm looking at Matthew. He's in front of him. He has an actual hard copy of the legislation of the Act, and I actually can't imagine another criminal law act that has advertising in it. Some of the listeners might know this, but the criminalisation connection is really interesting, um, and it, that means it's uh, what, what's happened is that only that small part of the Act has been deactivated is that right so far in may yes mm. and, and you're absolutely right advertising is one of the most popular ways that sex work can be decriminalized when it's decided to be licensed and so rather than banning the sex work itself what is criminalized is the activities surrounding it so location solicitation where you can talk who you can work with more than two more than three how you can advertise the wording so advertising is a prime site or target for when governments seek to criminalise all or part of the sex industry. So, so I'm just li- I'm just thinking about a big contradiction there. Now you're allowed to, if I have I've got this right, you're allowed to advertise as a sex worker, but your work is not decriminalised yet. So, um, the 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 actual in in Australia, it's a really it's a really fascinating question. The actual act of being paid for sex is not a crime mm-hmm. and that's never been a crime mm-hmm. but so when in australia when we've criminalized sex work we've criminalized the, the activities around it right. so the advertising the solicitation and the talking and previously in victoria we could we could advertise with those severe restrictions they've now been lifted and so what this means is that 
Sex workers have always said we don't need sex industry specific laws. We're happy to be governed by mm. general advertising laws that any other business is mm. subject to. And there are literally thousands of state-based advertising regulations yeah. that apply to all businesses and also federal content federal regulations yeah. um, as well. So the, the argument that we made in Parliament leading up to these reforms was there's already adequate advertising regulations that can apply to our industry to regulate it to ensure that sex workers and the public are kept safe. Mm. Why why is it that that there was specific focus on advertising for sex work almost separated out and and treated specially? (laughs) Tell us about that. Yes, um, that's the history of sex work laws in this country is special treatment in a negative way <laughs> yes. for sex work for sex workers and it's it's like because it's got sex in it it can't be like any other business it's yeah. treated differently it's stigmatized it's it's criminalized there's just there hasn't been an acceptance that sex work is work mm-hmm. if you read this act in front of me right here it says that the primary aim of the act is to control sex workers Okay, so right. not not eradicate, to just keep keep sex workers under control. <laughs> and then the the new act that which is replacing that is saying that the aim of the um the new laws is to ensure the health and safety of sex workers. So a big change in the focus and the purpose of the laws. So moving to a health and safety. What do you think about that? Is that a good thing for your industry? I think it's a good thing because all regulations previously sort of made our work less safe. And as I explained before, oh. when even the advertising laws, if you have a, a law that says that you can't describe your services, that can have implications for consent mm-hmm. and therefore safety. So I think folks making the law, the new purpose of the laws about health and safety and discrimination is a good thing. Okay. So now that, now that, the advertising is allowed. Are there still kind of restrictions that are gender specific and um, word specific? You talked about some words and some images before, mm. so it's kind of not like it's free for all. No, because now it's not a free for all, and we never asked for a free for all. <laughs> now we're simply subject to the same level of advertising restrictions that every other businesses, which is thousands of those general state and federal laws. So it's not a free-for-all. Uh, no one needs to worry about that. We often get um, councils and conservatives complaining that it's a free-for-all. No, it's not a free-for-all. Um, decriminalising sex you work. You let yeah. it drop then <laughs> in your local neighbourhood. No, there's still a lot of restrictions. And, and, and we're, we're comfortable with that because we want it to be treated the same as other similar businesses. Right. I reckon, yeah. Indra, that's a good spot to um, break for our community announcements. What do you reckon? Yeah, all right. Let's do it. That sounds good. <laughs> Able-bodied Australia does not realise that people with disabilities across the board are being discriminated against. Then the government to demand that we go out and get a job without removing the disincentives like the lack of access to transport and community infrastructure, without providing accessible buildings that can provide barrier-free employment. I'm not getting a fair go, and I don't like it, and I'm saying so. You're listening to 3CR, 8.55 on the AM dial. 
I really am not understanding why people aren't seeing the fact that prisons are an integral part of a public health response to a pandemic. Like you, I'm really concerned about whether the data is being released very honestly about illnesses within prison. I have suspicions it's not, but really we need very strong leadership in this country that actually cares about people inside, our most vulnerable populations inside. That's what we need and that's not what we're getting right now. We need to keep radical voices on air subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. And hello again, everybody. We're back. You're listening to Done by Law on 3CR 855am and streamed on 3cr.org. .au. Your hosts are Indra, who's now stopped <laughs> rushing because she jumped into the panel really at the last minute, and me, I'm Sue. And we're chatting with Matthew Roberts, Policy Advisor at Sex Work Law Reform Victoria, about the legalities of advertising in the sex work industry. Okay, so continuing on from our discussion, before we were talking about, you know, sort of the bits and pieces of what's allowed in in the um, advertising, digging down a bit, um, Matthew, how did Victoria's long-standing ban on the word massage in ads lead to an increase in the sexual harassment of massage therapists? Yes, and this is a really good example of the unintended consequences of some of these laws. Mm -hmm. So on the ground, we have two kinds of workers. We have sex workers who can provide a full sexual service on a bed, Mm -hmm. or they can provide an an erotic massage service on a massage table. Mm -hmm. Both have some element of sexual services there. And then separately, we have non-sex workers who are massage therapists who provide a non-sexual massage service. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, when you prevent sex workers from using the word massage, you make it very difficult for clients to understand what's on offer. Oh, okay. Because a lot of sex workers are actually massage therapists who do a massage with the sexual element there and they would like to Ah. advertise to say, I'm a massage therapist, there's a sexual element to it, this is what you're getting. And Mm -hmm. here's the price if it's sexual or if it's not sexual. When you ban the word massage, then a lot of sex workers are forced to say that they're doing massage but they can't say that it's sexual. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the client has to guess and there's a bit of a, it's, it drives it underground and it creates confusion amongst clients. And so what that means is that clients might assume that it's a sexual service not knowing who they're actually dealing with. Mm-hmm. And if they happen to get a non-sexual massage therapist, they might try to make some sexual moves there thinking uh-huh. that this is a, a hidden sex worker. Like a misunderstanding. Misunderstanding. And we actually had an MP in Parliament uh, <laughs> speak about this. She was a um, did alternative therapies yeah. in a non-sexual way and she was repeatedly sexually harassed because her clients assumed that it was like an, a sexual thing. Oh, okay. So this so, was a really serious problem. Yeah, so good advertising laws actually helps manage that. It enables people to be open and honest about what's actually on offer so that, the, so that the sex worker and the client know exactly what they're dealing with. It's about being mature and adult about adult services. Right. And I'm guessing consent and 
respecting sexual boundaries is part of that. It is, and it's about communicating it at all stages of the service, from advertising to negotiation to actually in the room. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like it was would have been so difficult to sort of manage those safety concerns previously and like I mean I'm just thinking like how 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 did you how do you as a as a worker working in that industry kind of cope with that kind of difficulty and that restriction placed on on the industry you know what we saw like with any bad law what we (laughs) saw is that there was rampant breaching of the laws so Mm. like I think I calculated it was about 5,000 times per day Right, because if you go on the internet, you can see these ads breaching there, the of the advertising, advertising laws, laws. Okay. yeah, and the massage mm. word. So it, <laughs> okay. was, it was previously a crime to use the word massage on, on a on a sex work ad, and so you can see thousands of these ads out there that are breaching many of these laws, but they were never enforced. They okay. were never enforced. They were very rarely enforced by the police, and we mm. have the police data that shows that. But what happened was when a sex worker would knowingly breach these moralistic laws. They might not get caught, but they would be too afraid to report an assault to the police. Oh, right. right. So, yeah. a sim- so there was symbolism there. The fear was there, and it was the fear that was really what was holding sex workers back. Bind. So that the yeah. clients would know that the sex worker wouldn't report crimes to police yeah. because of these breaches. They might target those sex workers because of that, and then the sex worker wouldn't report to the police because they knew that they were in breach. Mm-hmm. And so it was actually significantly hampering the reporting of crimes and engagement with police. Um, so it was it was bad on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, and, and I, I interviewed the police about this many times. Mm-hmm. And the police said, we don't mind. We've got no issue with nudity. We, we've got no, we think these laws probably aren't really net needed. And when it came to, to debating the bill and the lead up to the changes, the police put up no opposition. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it was just no one was in favor favor of it. No, it's just like I, I I'm a bit speechless about. <laughs> yeah. There's so many contradictions in here. Yeah, and yeah. it's just making everything more and more unsafe, blurry, and it just yeah. feels so outdated and seems like it's just yeah been far too long coming. These changes in so, in lots of areas. Yeah. yeah. So do you think I'm looking at the time here? And we've only got a few minutes left, <laughs> as always. Um, do you think? I mean, it's obviously it's a good thing that these laws have changed. The advertising um, part of the Sex uh, Work Act has changed. Um, but do you think there's anything more that can be done? Make it even better. On the advertising front, you mean? Yes, on the advertising front. Yes, most definitely. So separately, at the federal level, the online safety bill passed, which was a a law that um, harshened penalties relating to content violations, so censorship, certain imagery, pornography, things like that. We still in this country have a content regime that... um, Makes it, a, uh, um, makes it illegal for certain images such as nudity to be um, viewed on, to be um, put on the internet. And so sex workers, particularly people doing pornography, porn work, mm-hmm. they would like to, behind an, an 18 plus website, mm-hmm. which clearly indicates what it's about, 
uh, be able to show some kink, BDSM and adult images there. That is still not allowed at the federal level and we would like to see that... Um, it hasn't been updated in many decades, so we would like to see that updated so that adults online, on adult-only websites, can, mm-hmm. can view adult images. Yeah. Okay. I'm shocked to even yeah. like know that that's not allowed now, you know? It's specific... <laughs> Pornography is allowed in it's a complicated yeah. area. I, I won't describe it because there are specific sex acts that it says yeah. are not allowed. I will not describe them here now. <laughs> um, but those those particular acts are what some spe- sex workers specialize in right. as part of their business. And so there's definitely room to um, to improve federal content regulation laws. And how they, again, go back to moralising and censorship and mm. assuming that certain images of nudity are dangerous. And mm. Because and, that's yeah. exchanging images like that is, I think, okay between consenting adults, you know, who are not, exchan- not seeking services. Just consenting adults that might be... Um, seeking a relationship or in a relationship or something like that, so long as uh, there are some protections in there, but so long as um, the two adults are consenting, it's okay yet it's not to okay. To publish you know, some of these um, sexualised images, on, particularly on social media, because yeah. a lot of the social media companies with these regulations, rather than looking on a case-by-case basis, they just say, they, they could say, well, this is all too complicated, it's too risky, we could get fined, we'll just ban everything. Right. And that's the risk here with mm-hmm. social media companies is that they may choose to ban everything as, as a way to avoid the potential of getting fined. Right. Mm. Okay. I'm looking at the clock again. <laughs> we could talk about this forever, couldn't we? We could. No, it's we so could. fascinating. Much to cover. So interesting. Um, yeah, but uh, we're running out of time and we don't want to eat into the time of our colleagues coming on the next program. So um, on that note, Matthew, um, we'll have to close and uh, because we're out of time. And so that's it for the program this evening. Thank you, Matthew, for such an interesting discussion and sharing your time and expertise and insights. That, that listeners, was Matthew Roberts from Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Thanks also to Lan and Josh, who are from Monash University Law School, um, and they did a little bit of research into this topic and assisted us with our um, questions for this evening. Thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Uh, you have been listening to Done by Law on 3CR 855 AM, streamed at 3cr.org.au and available on various pod- podcast platforms. Done by Law will be back again next Tuesday at 6pm. Stay tuned now for the Voices of West Papua. <laughs>